Hello, this is Safe Lawson from Safe Lawson Dot. <laughs> Crunch. And this is episode 186 of the Safe Art Podcast. It's a little podcast that I do about the art and things. And this is another walk and talk one. Well, not really. This is more of a sit and a sit and tit. <laughs> So I'm going to be sitting on for this one. But this one today, I'm going to... Well, a little dentism with this. Is at home. It's quite cold out here. Actually, I'm going to walk around. I'll walk around in a minute. But if you watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson, you'll be able to see some boats. Because I'm sitting in the park. And this park overlooks... You can just see the ocean from this park. And there's like a big trawler out in the ocean, which is quite cool. It was very foggy and very cold. But I feel like it's going to be a nice day today. So this one here, I have got some notes. So the notes I've got, this one is called The Earth Isn't Round. But the thing is, I also think the Earth isn't flat either. So what's happened is, it seems like there's one or two theories about the Earth. In the old, old days, they used to think the Earth was flat. And then somebody come along and said, no, it's actually round. But it seems like, so far, that's the only um, two main, main sort of theories. I've been listening to a lot of podcast lately and one of them Dan Harrison on his um, podcast he says he thinks the earth is actually more of a tourist field which is shaped a bit like it's a bit like um, an egg one of those egg timers apparently the human body is the same shape so what happens is with those tourist fields it's all about like energy flowing it does sort of create a sphere. So that's what he says. He said, "What it is sort? They are right in a way that it would be a sphere, but it's not really a, a sphere." But I'm thinking it's actually something completely different. I'm thinking it's layers of almost like layers of sheets of paper stacked on top of each other. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the other notes I've got is the Garden of Eden, layers upon layers, vaccine equals reset for a negative, no vaccine equals reset for a positive. So there's the same thing. That's the thing. They're both the same thing. Basically what they're doing is that a lot of people are calling it either the Great Awakening or the Great Reset. But if you look into the art, oh, the other thing I've put is the word choice. Because you always have a choice. And then I've also wrote some notes on my hand. The camera's gone a bit weird today. The lighting's gone a bit weird. But the notes I've put is door frames, UFOs in the ocean, and the Bermuda Triangle. So what I'm going to do... I'm going to walk around the park... And talk, 
What should I talk about first? I want to talk about these door frames. So what it is, there's this thing, I've never heard of this before until very recently. A thing called Tataria, the mud floods of Tataria. So what happened was, apparently there was this map, which and it showed a land called Tataria, which are like ancient maps. So apparently, I haven't done any research into this yet, so I'm only saying what I can remember from Dan Harrison and stuff, but they said about a couple hundred years ago, so not very long ago, there was these mud floods, and what it did was, it it basically sunk all of the buildings that had already been built, and then what happens then is, somebody's come along and taken over those buildings as their own, and pretending that they, that they built them, but if you look into the time periods, it doesn't add up. Because of these mud floods, it proves that the buildings are under the ground. Like doorways and stuff under the ground. So what that means is, they somebody is pretending that they built these buildings. Now what it done to me was, it instantly made me think of the Egyptian pyramids and the Sphinx. So the thing with the Sphinx is, that Sphinx shows signs of water damage or, or weathering when they started like digging deep and stuff, which doesn't add up because the, the the age of those watering would go back like 12,000 years or something, which ties in with the dates Plato said about with the Great Flood. So the thing is, when you start connecting all these dots, everything starts to... You start to get a picture... Which makes a lot more sense. So when it's, how it comes into these door frames is, if you look at a lot of these old buildings, like the cathedrals and stuff, the door frames were massive. Like you had these massive archways, and then in the middle of those you had these little doors, which are still quite bigger than our ones, but they're, they're normal sort of size, really. I started thinking, what if those... What if there's actual the big arch? What if the big arch was actually the original door frame? So what that would mean is the people who built the the people who built the original buildings, like the cathedrals and stuff, were actually giants. That's why all the doors are so massive. And also, if you look at them, all of the buildings are huge, like the roofs. They're massive. So that's, the, that's something I'm thinking about, but I haven't heard anyone say anything about that. But that again ties in with, if you look at the ancient scriptures and stuff, even like the Bible and that, it talks about giants being on the earth. Now the other thing is, so it's the Garden of Eden, because I did a podcast once, eight, well, quite a long time ago, about the Garden of Eden. And I was trying to work out, is it an actual place? like a physical place, or is it just a metaphor, or is it some sort of spirit realm or something? <laughs> Starting to think, well, this is what um, Dan's going on about. He says, what happens is, if you, the, the Earth isn't, the, the Earth is a lot bigger than what we think it is, and beyond Antarctica, 
this is his theory beyond Antarctica is another land basically and he's, he's thinking it's actually could potentially be like the Garden of Eden so what that would mean is if if you could get beyond Antarctica you could get to the Garden of Eden now I'm thinking maybe it's because again look at the ancient scriptures they talk about this thing the inner earth so if the earth was actually shaped like a well I thought about this a few weeks ago before I started hearing about this stuff but I thought you could actually have multiple the way you could have multiple layers of the earth you could have a sphere become multiple layers so in other words you've got the outer layer which is what we're on if the earth is a sphere if, if you had a hole and if again if you look at if you look at google earth and stuff all the planets they all seem to have a hole at their poles yeah, that rhymes and also the in antarctica there's, there's I can't remember where it was now, but it looks like there's holes. And also, the Admiral Bird, that bloke he went, there's this bloke he went ages ago, he went over to, he flew over Antarctica and he says he got pulled into what he's basically like an inner earth. It's quite mad. What I'm thinking is, if you went into an inner, picture this, yeah, you go into the inner earth, you are now, you're now inside of the earth, right? But if, but what you could do is, it's quite hard to explain this, probably be better to do a drawing of this. So you're on the outside of the earth, there's a hole. You go inside of that hole, you end up in the centre of the earth. But in the centre of the earth, if that had a hole as well, you could go inside of that hole and that would go just below the surface of the earth. So now you've got three layers. And then on that layer could have another hole which goes so in other words what the way to look at it would be like you're zigzagging through the earth. In actual fact you could look at it as like an elevator. So you get the hole that you get pulled into is like an elevator shaft and each you've got like multiple floors inside of the earth. But I think somehow it would be sort of um you wouldn't be able to choose where you got off, but or you might do, but I'm thinking it's more like it's like one long line. So in other words, you start on the outside edge, you go right into the core, you then go you would then go into another hole which would take you right near to the outer edge again, but you're on a separate layer. You would then go in another hole which would take you almost to the centre but not quite. And then it would keep going like that until at some point you would get to a point where there's no holes anymore. That would be the actual centre. But then if it's shaped like a donut, that could actually become the outside edge again. Because I think it's some sort of weird shape that you can't imagine. But I just I'm thinking about that. So it goes like that thing about as above so below. That's just, that's just a thought I had. But then it also goes into this thing about UFOs in the sea. So if you look at the... Um, a lot of these UFO... What are they called? UFO encounters that are reported. A lot of them, the, the, the spaceship or the UFO, whatever it is, is either, it's either going into the ocean or coming out of it. 
and very often UFOs are seen like out in the ocean so what I'm thinking is what if they're actually going into the inside of the earth so it's not that they're it's not that they're coming from outer space and crashing into the ocean it's not that they're coming it's not that they've got an underground it's not that they've got a, a base in the ocean it's like they live actually under the ocean so they're actually coming out from one of these inner layers like exploring <laughs> so like if we were to go inside one of these holes we would look like a ufo to them that's what i'm thinking and it also goes in with this thing about what's it called the bermuda triangle and stuff because around the, around the earth there's all these points where like anomalies Again, I'm thinking, what if these are actually openings into the inner earth? It's just a thought I've got. <laughs> Little doggies. But it's, it's, it's fascinating to me, this is. And then it starts to make you wonder, all these other planets, what are they? If they are actually out there, and they are actually spheres. We don't know really what's inside of them, do we? We don't even know what's inside of our Earth. And then also the Moon. I've always had this strange feeling about the Moon. So I've always... I've, I can't work out whether it's a positive or a negative. It's got a strange energy, that Moon. The way it's sort of lifeless, and it sits there, not doing anything. Well, one of these things that's amazing... There's this documentary called Lost History of the Flat Earth. Six hours long. Me and my mum watched it last weekend. Fascinating it is. One of, I'll put a link in the description. One of the things he talks about is the map. A map on the moon. So, and the moon was actually out this morning. Very clear, I could see it. And I was looking at it thinking, it would be quite funny if that's what they've done. What happens is, the moon is actually... He said, look at it as like a mirror. It's basically reflecting the Earth, the map of the Earth, on the surface. So that's really something to look into. I thought, I thought it was cool. But there is definitely something about the moon. And like they said, there, is a there was a time on this Earth before the moon, which says to me that the moon was either created or sort of like the result of something happening so the other thing is what shape do I think it, the moon is the earth is I think the earth is flat but not flat so I think it's like um, I would say it's more like a cube I think it's more like a cube but when you're on when you're on the earth it's, it's flat but it's got multiple layers to it, so it might be that the, all the layers are. On, it might be that the layers are st stacked on top of each other, or it might be that they're all. They're all actually the same layer. It's just like different dimensions, like frequencies. So, like on a radio, you you turn the frequency, you get a different layer. And what that would what that would explain is a lot of things like ghosts and stuff. All they are is the frequency getting shifted a little bit. 
sort of tapping into the other frequencies. So it's interesting. But as I said many times, you, you don't know what shape the earth is. You will never know what shape the earth is. Because the only way to know is to go out there for yourself. The only way is to get in a spaceship and either fly outside or somehow get yourself high into the air to look at the thing from a distance. So in a strange way, we, we're never going to know really. You've got to just take some other people's words for it. The other thing is the Garden of Eden. Oh, he said this brilliant thing on, on this end podcast. You know the Aurora Borealis, those like the northern lights, the lights that you see out at sea. I don't know where they are. I've seen them on the telly. But what he says was, oh, it must be from Antarctica or something. What he said was, those lights are lights coming from the Garden of Eden. How cool would that be? Like the land beyond our land. But the, um, the thing I thought was they could actually be, they could actually be energy coming out of the holes. So if the earth is full of like these little portals, these little holes, like the lift shaft thing, if light was escaping from those holes, that might be what that is. Very weird. But then it also thinks, well, we something because it says about we got banished from the Garden of Eden. It's very um. All I know is when you start when I start thinking about things like this, it feels it feels important. Yeah. Oh, there's so nice as well. What I thought was. Another little doggy here. Doggy. <laughs> doggy. <laughs> Hello. What I thought was, you could spend the rest of your life trying to work this all out. You're never going to work it out. So there is a part of me that's like, what's the point in even trying to work it out? But then there's something about it that is fascinating trying to work it out. But the fact that you know you... Because what happens is, the more you start... You're convinced that the, the next... You you sort of like think, oh, I'm convinced. If I if I can work out what the pyramids are, I'm convinced I'll understand everything. <laughs> and what happens is, you, you, you maybe sort of get a better understanding of the pyramids. And then you suddenly realise you don't even... There's even more now that you don't understand about something else. And it's just going to be like that. So no matter how much knowledge you get, I think the more knowledge you get, the less knowledge you get, in a strange way. Little birds sat in a tree. I like it when you see that. Birds have got a beautiful silhouette. Very simple shapes. What was the other thing I said about? Oh yeah, the um, the vaccine and the reset thing. So again, in this documentary, now I've never heard of this before. 
but apparently he was showing these photographs of I think it was the mid 1800s and all the big cities around the world somebody had gone around taking photos and the thing was they were all deserted there was not a single person on the streets and he was saying what he said in this documentary was where is everyone and then he, he tied it into orphans and how again I never knew none of this there was this thing going on in especially like London but all around the world where all these babies were getting taken from their mothers so they were all orphans and basically what he's saying is that they use these orphans to repopulate the world it's almost like a reset which I think is what's happening now they're trying to basically wipe everyone off the planet and reset it so there must, for me, there must be some sort of cycle going on where, I don't know, everything, I think what happens is, maybe, I think what's happening is humans get to a point of intelligence and they're not allowed to get any more higher. There's something that doesn't want humans to get too intelligent. So what it does is it has to keep... When they're about to get super intelligent, work something out, it actually has to suppress them. Like a reset. So again, because everyone is, is one, because we're all one, well, they, I think what it is, is when you die, you just come back as another, another entity. Like reincarnation. So if they reset everyone, the souls will still exist. And then what they I think then what would happen is they're in control of those souls and they can determine where they come back. And if they come back into... Because I was thinking about this, all those little orphans, if it was that there was a reset in the 1800s, all these little babies got taken from their mothers, they could get brainwashed and told that all these structures on the earth were created by themselves and they wouldn't know any different. And the only thing that would get in the way is when you start unearthing knowledge of the past and then what you start you start to realize they're actually destroying it all so all the wars around the on around the world it is to me it's no coincidence they've all taken place in locations where there's ancient structures and scriptures and stuff so for me i, th- I think there is something nefarious going on but again, this is what I thought about this as well. What if it's a double, I think they call it a double con. So in other words, it looks like a negative. Really, it's a positive disguised as a negative. So in other words, because I've noticed this in my life, sometimes the only way I can initiate change is when it gets really bad. It has to get so bad that you almost like you've got nothing to lose, that it's then that you make the change. Well, what if that's what's happening? They know that the only way to get the humans to evolve, this could just be one big massive test. The only way to get the humans to evolve is to put them into a place where they think they're being suppressed. It, like in like a prison, they think they're in a prison or something. 
So, so because they think they're being suppressed, they fight back against it. And that's what sets them free. If there was no suppression going on, they wouldn't bother, they would just go along with it. They wouldn't bother evolving. The only reason humans are evolving is because they're being suppressed. But they're only being suppressed so that they can evolve. <laughs> and that's what the reset is. The reset is, gets to a point where you've got two types of humans. You've got the ones that are going along with the story, so they, they're going to be, they're going to get put back into the system to try again. You've got the other ones who are resisting, who have awoken to it. They're going to get to ascend, which would be like going into the Garden of Eden. And then what you don't, what you don't know is it might be the same things happening in the Garden of Eden. That's what I'm saying. I think it's all layers. The same thing's going on in all these layers, I think. And you can go up and down the layers. That's what I'm thinking. So it's all just about evolution. You're either going up the layers or you're going down the layers. That's it. I think that's it, really, for this one. It's so free, so cold out here. Well, this was a very much a brain dump one because the thing is, I've got to start looking into all of these things. But the thing that's quite fascinating about it is a lot of this stuff ties into stuff that I've already been thinking about, which is quite weird. The other thing is that, that this this was quite amazing. When I did my psychedelics in January of this year, not only that, last year, the middle of last year, 2020, I had this dream... I think it was last year, might have been the year before, I had this dream, and in the dream, this dream figure basically drew a grid, which looked like a cross with a circle in the middle, and it was a positive and negative, and then another positive and negative. Now, what's getting weird now is, when I had my psychedelics, I wasn't thinking about that or anything, that grid came back in, and it the psychedelic experience explained how that grid was showing the positive and negative of the physical and the spiritual realms, like the entanglement. It's all to do with entanglements. Now, what's getting really quite weird now is this documentary, what was it he was doing? Oh, I think it was the map of the moon that he's talking about. It, basically, he was... I can't remember what he was talking about. I think it was the map on the moon... And also, what's the other thing? I'm not sure. It was something to do with cycles. Resets, maybe. I'm not sure. But what happened was, the the grid that I had drawn, he started talking about it on this documentary. He was talking about it, but in a different, slightly different way. And then the other thing was, in my psychedelics, I saw cycles and i i put it into the 26 is it 26000 or 2600 there's a cycle on the earth the equinox or something because we're going into the age of the aquarius now i think it's 26000 years so what i saw in my psychedelics was there's a big circle which represents that cycle of 26000 years and then you've got like a, a little cycle coming off of that 
which are, which is like the Earth. So what happens is there's a point where the two cycles intercept. That's where you can actually get off of the Earth cycle and get into the bigger cycle. If you don't get off at that point, you carry on in the cycle until the next time it intercepts. So it's like a never-ending cycle. And then I, saw, I also thought, well, the bigger cycle... The bigger cycle is connected to another bigger one. <laughs> so in other words, it's always the same thing. And then the little earth has got little cycles in it. And then what happens is all these cycles are looped, wrapped around on themselves. So what happens is at some point, the last cycle b- becomes one of the other cycles. In other words, all the cycles are actually cycling within themselves. Again, it's quite hard to explain that. But but what it means is it's all self-contained. Where was I going with that? Well, the thing was, what I did was I got my automatic writing book out where I had all my diagrams and one of my diagrams, it looked just like the... (laughs) There's a little doggy having a poo there. looked just like the diagram that this bloke drew on the documentary. (laughs) Which I thought was quite, quite amazing. And then also it goes into something else, which is what Dan Harrison talked about this on one of the podcasts. He said the the cross of Jesus is something to do with the firmament. So there's apparently there's this firmament, 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 firmament around the earth, which separates. Oh, this gets amazing now. It separates the water above from us, almost like we're in like a little snow globe thing. And what he said was, the, the cross represents the four points where the, where the, oh, I can't, I've forgotten. Something to do with the four points where the waters meet or something. But the other thing I thought was, well, this is how you could explain a great flood. If we're inside some sort of like snow globe, permanent thing, all of a sudden you can see, ah, this is how they could do a great flood. All you've got to do is, let's say there's like a little, a little hatch inside of the firmament all you've got to do is open that hatch you let in the water from the outside and it would flood the snow globe on the inside and then you shut the door again and you've ended the flood thing so even that I start to see oh that's how because you sort of think how could there be a great flood but now you start that's another possibility of how you have a little flood but this gets amazing because the other thing was I had a dream Two weeks ago, I I had this dream that I looked up at the sky and I saw like a big, massive creature swimming in the sky. And then what was amazing was the the sky was an ocean, like shimmering crystals it was. Hey, there's little birds over here. Oh, the camera's gone a bit weird. I think they're little robins. But the the sky was a shimmering, it looked like a shimmering ocean of crystals up above me. Now what's weird is, because in the dream I said, ah, look at that, the the sky looks like an ocean, or water. What happened was, I then then watched this documentary a, a few days later, and I'd never ever heard about the water above or something. So what happens is, and I've noticed this a lot, the especially in your dreams but also like meditations synchronicities 
the reason they're so powerful is because it, it, it makes the thing even more important. So, in other words, that now that dream is super important, whereas before it was just a cool dream. And also, the documentary now has a lot more importance because it sort of ties in with this dream. So the two things on their own are, are interesting, but them together makes them actually more powerful. Which that says that to me makes me think, ah, this is actually something to be paying attention to. The other thing that's quite interesting is when you look at spaceships when they're going into space, they they sort of hit this thing. Well, what Dan Housen says they're hitting the firmament. And it, look, it does look like when a ship is going through the water. It's very weird. But then all of a sudden you've got to think, well, what, what does this mean about everything? Because like, we see all these pictures of the Earth being round. And it would, what it would mean is there is some massive, massive lie going on. <laughs> like way beyond... I already, I already knew that people are lying, like the controllers <laughs> or the people sort of running the show behind the scenes. Are, it's, to me, it's, it's blatantly obvious that there's lies going on. I never thought it was the lies were this big. I thought the lies went back about two to three thousand years. I thought the lies started with the Great Pyramid. But it now looks as if maybe the lies were actually a lot sooner. There's a building, I'm looking at a building right now with one of these big massive doors. Interesting. 1630 it was apparently built. But when you look at the thing, yeah, it is weird. It is like he says on this documentary, we don't make buildings like of this sort of grandeur anymore why is that if we're getting more if we're getting more sort of intelligent and better why are our buildings getting more boring the other thing is if you look at like these old buildings they had like pointy yeah they had like there's little um there's a church in the distance they have like pointy things at the top which what, what he says in this documentary is that's actually the way that you can pull the energy from the water outside of the firmament, from the ether, basically. It's called the ether, which I think is what you're, you're connecting with when you go into these meditations and stuff. You're going into the ether, the realm of possibilities. But the other thing is, so I thought, well, if you look at a lot of the buildings that are made these days... A lot of them have actually flat roofs, almost as if it's they're built to sort of stop the energy flowing. So it's quite weird. And it also is like what he says in the documentary. Again, this church that you can see in the distance, there is a hole where there was something in it and they boarded it up. They boarded it up. So you've got to wonder what was actually, what was the purpose of that before? Ah, oh, there's something really cool as well. I could go on forever about this because it fascinates me. 
So I've got this bowl. It's the bowl that little Dennis normally hits to when he's doing these podcasts. It's a Tibetan bowl. Um, mine is actually the throat chakra. So what happens is when you like play it, it, it rings out a little tune. What happens is, I never knew this before, if you fill the bowl up with water and play it, the water... Well, Dan Housen on the podcast, he says he can actually create geometric shapes. Well, when I did it yesterday, I couldn't do that. What I did was, I got the whole water bubbling. And it was like proper bubbling, it was. Like like on a volcano. Like, you know when you've got, like, boiling water? But the thing was, the whole surface of the water in the bowl had these tiny, tiny little bubbles. So it just shows you the power of vibrations. And then, again, a lot of these old structures, they've got bells in them. So this whole thing just makes a lot of sense. Really, I would say, look at that, watch that documentary. It'll, it'll really make you look at things differently. And it's cool, it is, because it's a, it reminds me very much of the time when I got... I started looking into negative shapes with art. The thing is, you never see negative shapes negative space what it is is it's the space between things so like my fingers have got the fingers have got a, like a triangular shape between them you don't ever see that unless you know to look for it as soon as you've been told about it all of a sudden you can't stop looking at it and you'll be walking along and you'll just see negative shapes everywhere it's like once you've seen it you can't unsee it well this is what happens with this documentary you get the knowledge and once you've seen it you can't unsee it so like when he's talking about these structures the way they're built and stuff the way that stuff's submerged in the ground you'll start noticing it whereas before you probably noticed it but you didn't notice that you noticed it but now you're actually noticing it it's fascinating it is so well I love this the other thing is though this is the sort of thing I want to be spending my life doing. I want to spend my life researching the past and feeling. Oh, that was it. So when I'm meditating, when I get into like deep meditations, I see these, what I've always thought is like energy, coloured light. But I've always said it's more like fog. What if that is actually water? What if those colours are actually coloured water? So it's almost like what you're doing is you're actually connecting with the energy in the ether. Interesting it is. Well that's it, that's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed that. Like I do what I want to do is I wanna have a proper I wanna have some podcasts where I properly sort of research all these topics instead of just talking about them from my head like a brain dump I'd like to actually back it up with more sort of like evidence and stuff but the thing is it's all out there so I would start with that documentary I would definitely recommend the Ascend podcast with Dan Harrison because he's going into some very interesting topics at the minute which is quite interesting. But the other thing I would say is just do it do it yourself. It's all about what you feel yourself really. <laughs> but
but this week's inspirational quote, I like this one. I don't know what it's really got to do with this podcast, but I like this. So this week's inspirational quote goes to Muji, one of my favourite spiritual teachers, and it is, who is suffering this? Hey, can you hear the, somebody's walking along? It's cool, isn't it? You know, I've always thought how weird it is when somebody talking a different language, like when you're in the presence of someone talking a different language, it's, it's weird how, that's the thing, isn't it? Language separates us. Numbers don't. The thing with numbers is it's universal. Everyone understands numbers. Language is just there to separate. So I feel like really the best way would be to have one language across the entire world. That's what I think. But I feel like we've already got it with uh, numbers. So what's that then? Well, who is suffering this? Muji. What that means is, if you're ever in a situation, which I have been lately, I must admit I've I've got into a bit of a um, little bit of a sort of what to say? Well, moody. I've been a bit sort of grumpy, grumpy guts. I've been like Freddy the Fox lately, a bit grumpy. And the reason is I'm sort of well. What I think it is is the day job getting a bit cheesed off of it to be honest I feel a bit trapped by it as well I don't know how I can get out of it so but then the other thing is this quote who is suffering this what it means is if you're in a situation where you're getting negative suffering grumpy you've got to sort of detach yourself from it and say who is the one suffering this the one suffering this isn't who you are what's happened there is Sophie thinks she's... Well, what happens is you are actually not the thing suffering, but you've attached yourself to it, so you think you are. But if you can ask yourself who is suffering this, you can realise that you're not actually suffering. It's an illusion. So it's just just a way of breaking the spell. But it's easier said than done. Because the other day I was in one of these grumpy guts moments and I thought to myself, I'm in a grumpy I'm in a grumpy guts moment here. I could actually change this, but I didn't want to. Now that, that was a bit weird to me. There was part of me that actually wanted to remain grumpy, almost like it was enjoying it. And listen to this one. This is what happened the other day. This was about two weeks ago. I, I don't know what happened, but I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I hate you. <laughs> but I was proper, proper... I don't know what it is. There was something... I, was, I wasn't looking at myself in the mirror. I was looking at some sort of entity inside of me. Now, I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I feel like what's happened is... I've, I'm becoming aware of some sort of... Let's say, negative entity... <coughs> that is inside of me. And I think it's trying, it's trying to sabotage me. In that moment, I saw it in the mirror. I know that sounds a bit weird, but that's what happened. And I actually, I looked at it straight in the eyes and said, I hate you. Now, the thing is, that's not, that's not the right thing. I should have said, I love you. What it wants is it wants hate. Because it feeds off the hate. 
So, but then the other thing, oh, this was cool. I had a dream two nights ago. There was this, there was this entity, this, it's like a, a witch. It's this reoccurring entity in my dreams. I'm trying to face it, but I've so far not been able to become lucid around this, around this creature, let's call it. It's basically, it's a witch. It looks like a witch. She looks very familiar though. That's what's weird. And I've said this before. I know what she looks like, but I can't describe what she looks like. If I was to draw her, I wouldn't be able to. Even though I can see her clearly, I can't sort of somehow draw her, which is weird. But what happened was she was chasing me around this thing, around this like tall building. And I could see right through the building. I think it was made of glass or something. I could see her. But there was these bits where she wasn't supposed to be able to see me, but she could still see me. What happened was I grabbed hold of her, I jumped out the window with her, and I basically said, was it something like I'm taking you to hell, bitch? <laughs> and then what happened was we went right through the floor into hell. And as I said that, this sounds a bit weird as well, I opened my mouth and a load of maggots come out of my mouth towards her. Now what's strange about all of this is, you would think that a dream like that, I would wake up from. But what I'm noticing is, I don't know, well, what I'm noticing is, I can actually be inside of, let's call them nightmares. And one, I'm not afraid. But also, the nightmare never ends. In other words, in the old days, if you had, if you had, had a, let's say in the old days, I think what's happened is, before I become lucid, before I started looking into lucid dreaming and stuff, dreams, you didn't... But what happens now is you realise that dreams are dreams. You've got more of an awareness in the dream realm. So what happens is, in the old days, if a monster had come towards me, I'd have woke up because I'd been scared. But now, a monster comes towards me, even though there's a fear going on, I can carry on with the dream. So it's quite interesting, huh? So that to me, that's like um, some sort of, what would I call that? I feel like there's some sort of levelling up going on in the dream realm. Because in the old days, let's say, basically what happens is it stops you getting knowledge that does. Because in the old days, that monster comes towards you, you wake yourself up, you miss out on the opportunity of learning from the monster. If the monster, if you can stay awake, stay aware with the monster and watch what happens, you, you actually wake up and you've got a bit more knowledge. So if you do start fighting the monster, at least you now know, okay, I need to work on fighting the monster. Do you see what I mean? It's almost as if the dream levels up with you. It's, I like that. So, but that's it, really. I hope you enjoyed this one. And I shall see you later, well, next week, 187. What's, what's going to be next week? I've got no idea. No idea. But, well, I'll put links and everything in the description. Little Dennis hopefully will be back with us next week. I'm going to try not to get run over. And all that's left is this week's inspirational quote. And it's by Muji. Can you, I've said this before. The sounds of cars and... The sounds of the human, the human world is very negative to me. It's all loud and noisy. 
it just for me it makes me feel negative energy whereas like in nature I get positive energy it's a strange it's a shame that they can't make cars sound like tweeting birds or something imagine that imagine if the sound of car engines <laughs> sounded like birds tweeting that'd be quite cool wouldn't it I, don't, I quite like that but this one is who is suffering this Muji. Can you hear that bird tweeting? 